You are listening to Fruit Salad, a series by Pastor Bay Allen on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians. Good morning, church. Today we find ourselves in the sixth week of our series called Fruit Salad, where we're spending time looking at the delicious variety of spiritual soul food that we have through the Holy Spirit and that we are to share with others in this great picnic of life. I encourage you to turn with me today in your Bibles. We're moving right along. Uh, Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 22, where we read, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week we looked at uh, two fruits that go hand in hand. We looked at kindness and goodness. And today I'm excited to talk about faithfulness. I hope you're ready. We're going to dig in. Faith. Where do we start with faith? I remember in the 80s, I thought I had an idea of what it looked like to have faith. I mean, I had the tape cassette. Faith was a leather jacket, sunglasses, five o'clock shadow with a gold cross earring. George Michael, you know? I would hold a fork or a spoon up as a microphone and I'd sing, Baby, I know you're asking me to stay. Say, please, please, please don't go away. Say, I'm giving you the blues. Maybe you mean every word you say. Can't help but think of yesterday. And another who tied me down to lover boy rules before this river becomes an ocean. Sing it with me if you know it. Before you throw my heart back on the floor. Oh, baby, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me, but I'll wait for something more. Yeah, I gotta have faith. Oh, I gotta have faith. I mean, I would love, I loved this song. I would sing it, it would get stuck in my head. It still gets stuck in my head to this day. To grow up in the 80s, wow. In so many ways, it was... It was like growing up having no idea of what reality looked like. It's like you can ramble a bit and then you throw in a catchy chorus. That's life. You know, just throw in that catchy chorus and you're good. Four chords and boom, the little kids will break out their silverware, start to belt it out until the neighbors call the cops. You know, it's after hours. There's a noise ordinance. You know, they take my spoons. They throw me into a pop penitentiary. (laughs) I love this song. It taught me about faith. Not really, but in a strange way, it did. Because just like George Michael in this song, I've got to have faith, right? I've got to have it. The verse of our life, you know, it it may not make much sense. If we look at life as a song, the verse, it may not make much sense. I can't make up my mind. I'm indecisive. I don't know if I can trust you. I've had my trust broken before. I've had my heart broken before. This is what George Michael sings. And I love this crazy little pop song. There's, and there's always something interesting about songs with one-line choruses. You know, there aren't a whole lot of them. And some may say that songwriter just isn't very good. They, they just say the same thing over and over and over and boom, there's a chorus. But that's actually hard to do, to do it well. And this song, it was a hit. 
It was a hit because it hit home for a lot of people. And this isn't just a one-sentence, four-word chorus because it had because the guy had nothing else to write. He wrote it all in four words. That's hard to do. The words of the verse don't make much sense. It's contradictory. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion and some lack of clarity. And I can relate to that. But this song, it still hits home. It resonates. Because it goes into this pre-chorus, this long, drawn-out pre-chorus, which is like, I could take this path. I could, I could take that path. I'm, I'm fighting these feelings that I have inside, these feelings, these emotions, and this understanding that I don't want to do this alone. Even though you're not the best for me, you may not be what's best for me, I don't want to be alone. And then there's the very last line. If the song wasn't uh, a song, I could almost hear it read with a pause, like, I, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me. Take a deep breath, but I'll wait for something more. You know, I know I need someone to hold me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait it out. I'm going to wait and I'm going to have faith. That breath, that pause, that entering in, that moment where one realizes, I don't have this all together but, but I know that this isn't the path that I should take. You know, uh, I can't exactly articulate it. You ask me how I know that. I don't know how I know that. Um, you know, that's just knowing. That's faith. Today we're looking at this fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness. And I've titled today's message, Less Faith, More Fullness. Don't get me wrong. We need faith. Faith is this wonderful vehicle by which grace enters into our horizons. So many times you hear saved by faith, but that's misquoted scripture. We aren't saved by faith. We're saved by grace through faith is what it says in Ephesians. But faith is this wonderful vehicle, this carrier that allows us to experience the grace that has been saved or that has saved us. I'm sorry. Uh, Grace. It's kind of like the Grand Canyon. You know, the Grand Canyon's there out west. It's not really going anywhere. But the fact that it is there doesn't let us experience it. We need a vehicle. We can hop in our cars. We can drive out west. We can see the Grand Canyon. Our car is that vehicle. Well, our faith is the vehicle that allows us to experience the grace of God, to actually see what we have. Grace in and of itself, it, it doesn't make much sense, kind of like the verse of that song. It, it's, but it's off the beaten path, you know. Um, grace is just something different. There are certain laws in this world, and grace is the anomaly. The, the bumblebee should not be able to fly, but it does. That's grace. Um, and I say this because if grace is outside the laws of this world, how could we possibly believe such a thing as grace exists? I'm glad you asked. That's why we're here. We're we're looking at faith. And faith is like our putting rabbit ears on top of our little spiritual televisions so that we can tune in to the grace that God offers us. This is how we are saved. Our salvation is in opposition to the law of this world. And little kids, they exhibit all the time. They exhibit the way this world works. If a, if a little kid, say three or four years old, you know, they're really cute. They've got their little outfits. They've got their bow ties and their little suits or their hair in little curls with their little bows and ribbons. So cute. But these cute little kids are capable of showing the ugly, natural laws of how this world operates. If a three-year-old goes over to another kid and this only takes a moment. If you blink, you could miss it. They hope that you miss it. But see this kid punches another kid right in the arm. Hopefully not in the face. They punch this kid in the arm. 
Now, this kid who has never been punched before, this is something new. They need to process this new interaction. And depending on the strength of the other kid, they'll probably cry. Depending on many factors, they'll probably cry. But so often, the initial response is to reciprocate that which they are experiencing. They hit them back. It's how this world works. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a punch for a punch. It's how this world functions. Grace is altogether different. The kid's parent sees this interaction taking place. They use this as a teaching moment. Just because they hit you, you don't hit back. That's not nice or that's not kind. (laughs) You see, they learn grace from their parents Their mothers, their fathers, they learn to show grace, to extend grace. In a world that says, punch them back, they say, I'm going to just walk away, maybe cry a little, but I'm not going to hit them back. That's grace. Now, this kid, by experiencing what grace looks like, they're coming up against some pretty powerful stuff at a very young age because their natural response is being denied. They are rewiring their view of the world, the way the world works. Certain laws are no longer a constant. There is no spoon for those of you Matrix lovers out there. How is this? How do they step outside the laws of this world? It makes no sense. Well, they have faith that the grace that they are experiencing is the way to go. They have faith in the way. Now, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way. Now, there are many ways that lead you many different places in this world. But Jesus said, I am the way. And through faith, we get to experience that new way, that grace, that which defies the laws of this world. The way things work are not exactly the way things work anymore. This is what it means to have faith. And the Apostle Paul says this in Hebrews chapter 11, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We don't see Jesus, not with our eyes. We see Jesus with our hearts. We see Jesus all around us doing good in the world. And where people without the eyes of their hearts being opened, they merely see good deeds and philanthropy. We see Jesus with our hearts, but with our eyes, we don't. Those who do usually get over-medicated, so they don't talk about it. But we see Jesus with the eyes of our hearts. Paul says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is understanding that there is grace instead of gravity. Gravity here represents the laws of the world. And then grace enters in like Neo in that movie, The Matrix, and says, there is no spoon. And the spoon bends and the crowd goes wild. God is beyond category. God is bigger than any of the boxes that we could ever build, any theories that we could ever learn, even the theology that we enter into. God is bigger than all of that. Otherwise, God ceases to be God. The moment our search for God is satisfied, if if God doesn't transcend that satisfaction, then God ceases to be God in our lives. Faith is found in the place where God is transcending our understanding. When we don't know why this terrible thing has happened to this good person, if we don't believe that God is bigger than that situation, then where is God? And if we work hard and we get the promotion and we get the attention, the the job well done, that certificate on the wall, 
If we don't think God is bigger than our accomplishments, if we've already received all that there is to receive in God, from God, then our God ceases to inspire us, to light a fire in us, ceases to instill a desire in us to keep looking for God all around us because at that point, we can go visit God anywhere, even in a graveyard. No, God is bigger than everything bigger than our understanding of everything. And in that vastness, that bigness, in that total transcendence, we find God gives us these gifts that we don't always know what to do with. They don't really fit into the way that our world works. That's what we're looking at these gifts, these fruit of the Spirit for. But now now that we have seen, we can't unsee. And since we have tasted this fruit salad, we can't untaste it. Grace is given to us. Faith is our confidence in that out of this world grace and our unwavering belief in something that we don't see, not with our eyes, but we do see it with our hearts. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's Ephesians 1.18. This fruit of the Spirit that we have, As awesome as faith is, our fruit is not faith, but faithfulness, a fullness in our faith. I remember my Aunt Kathleen. She was a wonderful lady. Um, She had her PhD. She was a professor of English. She was a writer. And I remember talking with her about prefixes and suffixes when I was younger, elementary school age. I was learning this stuff. Pre comes before, suffixes, they come after, the root word. And actually, my daughter Kylie is learning some of this same stuff in school right now. I reviewed her study guide just a couple nights ago. You have a root word. For instance, faith is our root word, and fullness is our suffix. This is what we have in the Spirit. Our faith is taken to another level. We get the fullness of that faith. That's the glorious suffix in this fruit of the Spirit. But I don't think that's it. You see, I think just like God is vaster and bigger and greater than we can grasp, I think these gifts go beyond our understanding of what we've even been given. We're looking at this suffix, fullness. But what if fullness is the root word and our faith is the prefix? What if the true gift of the Spirit is in this fruit known as faithfulness? Isn't the, isn't the faith but the fullness? What if, just like the grace of God which rocks the foundational laws of this world, what if fullness is the gift and faith is the vehicle that allows us to experience that fullness? Fullness in spirit. And again, I, I think we often box in these gifts that we're given. I gave my son a spoon the other day and the next thing I knew he had his hands on a drumstick. <laughs> That's out of the box. It was still a spoon, but it was a drumstick to him. That's out of the box. That's going beyond what we understand. And that expanse, that expanding understanding of reality, it transforms us, doesn't it? There is no spoon. Fullness. We have fullness in the Spirit. But that gift is too big for us. It's what the psalmist meant when they wrote in Psalm 23, 5, My cup runs over. My cup overflows. There's just too much for us to contain it all. God is too much for us. So God's understanding of fullness is also too big for us. But God gives freely and God gives extravagantly, generously, doesn't hold anything back. So God gives us full fullness. And full fullness is way too big for us to fully grasp. So how do we grasp it? How do we even try? We look around us. 
We see all these inconsistencies. And most of these inconsistencies in our world are in direct relation to our transformation that we have in Christ. You know, it doesn't make sense because we're different now. We're a new creation now. Things don't make sense. How could this happen? This can't be all that there is. Yeah, I gotta have faith, faith, faith. I gotta have faith, faith, faith. This pain. How is it that someone so good is going through something so bad in their life? Yeah, I gotta have faith, faith, faith. I gotta have faith, faith, faith. And I watch the news, and the world that I see on my television set looks more like fiction every day. How can this continue to happen in a world that was created by a loving God? Yeah, I gotta have faith, faith, faith. I gotta have faith, faith, faith. I gotta have faith, 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 faith. I gotta have faith. Remember what Paul said. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So we may not see it, but that doesn't mean that we can't have faith, to be confident, to have hope, to rest in blessed assurance, even in what we do not see. You see, God is beyond the laws of this world. The fact is, we're finding ourselves in the midst of two very different worlds, conflicting realities, and it messes with our heads at times. It's like you just got back from a different time zone and your body's telling you to go to bed while your boss is telling you to go to work. Two different conflicting realities existing within the follower of Christ. Every Christian feels this. You're not alone. It can mess with your mind a little bit. A lot. It may not make sense. But have faith. Your ability to have faith is just part of the fullness that you have in the Spirit. This wonderful fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. You can't fully enjoy it. But that's not a bad thing. Your faith will look different in different situations. Sometimes it will be easy for you to have faith. Sometimes it will be really hard to exhibit faith. You will never fully experience the fruit known as faithfulness this side of heaven. And then you won't need faith because you'll see. But this is not a bad thing. This is just too much for us. Our cup overflows. This is what the fullness of God looks like. A glimpse of what the fullness of God looks like. It's too much. My cup runneth over. If it didn't run over, it wouldn't really be a gift of the Spirit. You can't order this on Amazon Prime. You don't get two free day you don't get free two day shipping on this. This is of the Spirit. So it's bigger than you. It's bigger than any package. And even though it's bigger than you and more than you could ever hope to contain, yes, you can't own this. Even though it's more than you could ever hope to contain, it is available for you. This gift is given to you. That is fullness. That is what you have been given. Have faith. In your faith, you experience a fullness that is not of this world, that is bigger than this world. And I've said it before, fruit salads, they're just too good. You can't just keep it all to yourselves. There to be shared in community. Share it. Share your fullness. Share your faith. If your cup is running over, let it run over into someone else's life. Let it overflow into the lives of others. They need that fullness to share your faith. And in doing, you share your fullness. Share your perspective of what this world looks like to one who has confidence, hope, assurance, and in a different way. 
in the way of Jesus. Share your faith. Tell about how even though you've just been hit in the arm, the way things work tells you that you're supposed to hit back. Share your faith. Tell the world that your father told you not to hit back. Like in 1 Peter 3, 9, don't repay evil for evil, insult for insult. Share your faith. Share that there is another way, a way of forgiveness, a way of change, the way. Peace. A way of grace. Remember, our faith allows us to experience the grace of God and the fullness that we have been given through the Spirit. And when we share that faith, it invites others to do the same. This gift is too good to keep to ourselves. This fullness is more than any one of us could ever hope to contain. Let's share it. Share the fullness. Share our faith. Let's share it all. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let's share it. Have faith. Experience fullness. This is the fruit that we have been given. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we just thank you for this gift of fullness. We pray that you will guide us and direct us, that you will just provide for us and inspect us and just project us, Father, into this faithfulness so that we can share with others that which you have given us. Allow it to overflow into their lives, even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.